and Beauty Podcast starts right now. What is going on, everybody? This is indeed the Asman and Budic Show. Jake Asman alongside Dan Budic. And Dan, we have a good one today. We're going to be joined by Monday morning quarterbacks Peter King. Yeah, it should be good to have Peter on. Always good to touch on the NFL with him. Heading into week four, a lot of games on the slate for this week, including the Jets and the Dolphins out in London. Well, ask Peter what the league and what people in the league think about NFL teams playing regular season games in London. This will actually be the first division game that will take place across the pond. So we'll touch on that with Peter. I also want to ask Peter about the other team in the AFC Is that other team being the New England Patriots. 3-0 going into their bye week. How good is this team? You're already starting to hear people rumble. That could be like 2007 all over again. And then, of course, you got to touch on several other teams in the AFC. You're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals. You're looking at the Indianapolis Colts. Lots to get to with Peter King. Yep, and we'll be back with Peter King right after this. Unflippable, unflappable, unleakable. The Gus Buster is the only umbrella that won't flip inside out, rip, tear, or leak. Capable of withstanding winds over 55 miles per hour. All of our umbrellas are constructed of the finest quality materials and backed by a limited lifetime guarantee. What are you waiting for? Visit GusBuster.com and get your Gus Buster today. Welcome back to the Asbin and Budic Show. Jake Asbin alongside Dan Budic. And now joining us on the phone line is Monday morning quarterbacks Peter King. Peter, how are you? Hey, my pleasure, guys. How are you? Doing well, Peter. Uh, First things first, Ben Roethlisberger out at quarterback for the Steelers. Michael Vick in. We saw uh, Vick was just brutal last year with the Jets. What are your expectations of Michael Vick now as a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I think the one difference in Pittsburgh is that he's going to have a two-headed running back committee there that uh, I think Todd Haley is going to rely on the running game a little bit more than the Jets did when Vic played a year ago. I also think Vic is in a different place right now. Um, I think, honestly, last year Vic sort of viewed his his time with the Jets as he was going to help Geno Smith. He was going to be the guy to boost Geno Smith's career. He didn't come in there really battling for the job the way that Rex Ryan and the Jets had hoped he would. So now he comes in and he's absolutely in a in sort of an assistant role with Roethlisberger. But now he knows that he's got to play for five or six weeks. There's no backup. There's no competition. He's the guy. This is it. So I think you're going to see Vic basically play. Uh, a little bit different than he played last year. I mean, first of all, he's got far better receivers uh, with this team than he had with the Jets a year ago, and he's got a better running game. So I I think Vic is going to be more of a complimentary player, but I do think that certainly he's got better weapons, and he's in a different his head is in a different place than it was a year ago. And Peter, besides Big Ben, yeah. other injured quarterbacks include Jay Cutler, Tony Romo, and Drew Brees. Should the NFL be concerned about the amount of star quarterbacks going down? I think they are concerned, but I think in some ways, um, you know, last year was a fairly healthy year for quarterbacks. This year it isn't. Um, so I think that 
what the NFL will do is they'll get through the season. They'll look at, you know, how it went over 17 weeks and then the playoffs and not just the first three weeks. And then they'll basically say, is there something that the competition committee can do? Uh, Because the competition committee basically every year will look at proposals and they'll look at new ways to handle things that, uh, that basically, uh, you know, they don't, really uh they don't really use until they're sort of painted into a corner and people have you know are all riled up about the injuries and i think the one thing that i've heard when i go around and see teams especially in training camp is that i hear i hear uh coaches personnel people general managers say not only a we need a developmental league to help all positions not just the offensive line but I think coaches and, and GMs particularly, they want more ability in the off season to have their players practice at game speed. And right now they have hardly any situations in the off season where they practice at game speed other than in preseason games. So I think you might see teams push uh, both the competition committee and the union to try to get a little bit more opportunity in the off season to play even maybe with full full pads at game speed. Peter, talking about a developmental league for a second, something we've heard about over the last couple of seasons. I mean, you brought it up. Do you think it's a realistic possibility over the next four or five years for a developmental league to be implemented? I don't, at least not now. Um, you always hear teams talking about uh, increasing the uh, you know, the revenue and they're always, teams are always screaming about revenue. Well, a developmental league would cost each team, I'd say multiple millions of dollars. So, I mean, if you're going to do it the right way, a developmental league to get one off the ground, uh, you know, is a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollar project uh, to do it the right way. So I just know that anytime uh, you talk about revenue in the league, they're talking about growing it, not using it to uh, to run a double-A football league. So although I think the football people would love it, I think the owners would. We're talking with Monday morning quarterbacks Peter King. Peter, you wrote about the Bengals this week. They're 3-0 in the AFC North, and Andy Dalton's been playing outstanding. Could this be the year the Bengals finally win a playoff game? Oh, you know, I don't know. What's interesting right now is that usually at this point, week four of the season, the Bengals are in dogfight mode with uh, the Ravens and Steelers. Well, you know, the Ravens might be out of the pennant race uh, very much sooner rather than later. The the Steelers might be missing Ben Roethlisberger for four or five games. Uh, they will be missing him for four or five games. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a weird year for the Bengals. But you're right. I talked to Dalton the other day and And uh, I think he knows that he can play as well as any quarterback. And he really, he's been, this is, it's crazy to say, but aside from Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and Tom Brady in the first three weeks of the season, I mean, Andy Dalton has played as well as any quarterback in football. Uh, I think he and Carson Palmer, ironically, who he supplanted in Cincinnati, uh, are the two or the next two guys on the list. Um, and he, but I think he knows that the only thing that matters in the eyes of his fan base is 
winning a game in January. And I think the one the one interesting thing now, we're seeing basically what could be a weakening of the AFC, which could really help the Bengals. I mean, right now you've got the Patriots, and then you've got, uh, you know, sort of a lesser Peyton Manning. The rest of the AFC West, uh, you know, has been very disappointing other than Oakland. Uh, the AFC South looks like it might be the worst division in football in years. Uh, the AFC North is bruised, battered, and has one team. And the AFC East, uh, I mean, you know, occasionally you get the Jets or the Bills to play well, but they certainly don't do it consistently. So this could be the year, almost by process of elimination, that the Bengals will probably battle New England for home field and New England and Denver, and then who knows? You get a home playoff game, you play a weaker team, it could finally be the year they win one. But uh, I do think that if Dalton does not win a play, if they make the playoffs and Dalton does not win a playoff game this year, I think the Bengals next offseason will bring in competition for Andy Dalton. Peter, switching over to that AFC South, all the talk in the offseason was the additions that the Indianapolis Colts were making on offense and through the first three games, we've seen a, a subpar quarterback play by Andrew Luck. What do you contribute the poor play out of the Indianapolis Colts from? I think mostly it's the offensive line. I mean, they spent a lot of uh, time, energy on, again, uh, you know, getting Philip Dorsett with the first-round pick, uh, and they did a few things on defense. They didn't do a lot with their run defense, but I, I think I think in general what has happened in – Indianapolis is that uh, I think general manager Ryan Gregson, who I have a great deal of respect for, I think he has uh, been too sort of respectful to his draft board. Uh, And if I were him, I would have gone defense, either safety, somebody like, um, you know, Collins of, of LSU who ended up going to the Giants um, or uh, a Malcolm Brown type, somebody, some real good plugger on on the defensive line. Um, I just I just don't think that they needed Philip Dorsett, uh, the wide receiver from Miami right now. But again, they have what they have. They're still the best team in that division. But I just think they have got to block better for for Andrew Luck. And staying in the AFC East, the New England Patriots are three and zero going into the bye week. A lot of people starting to compare this year's team to that team in two thousand seven that went sixteen and zero in the regular season. How good is his Patriots team right now? Well, I mean, Rodney Harrison made an interesting point to me the other night at NBC, and that is that he said in 2007 that was a lot more of a veteran team. And he's right. I mean, it was Teddy Bruschi and, and Harrison. and uh, I mean, just, just a lot of guys, a lot of the more veteran players in this year, it's younger. And uh, the one thing I think that, that this team has that the 2017 didn't is they've got a good young pass rush. I mean, the Patriots are on, are on pace for a 69 sack season, which they've never had in Belichick's years in new England. So I I think their pass rush is going to help them. And I think as the year goes on, um, some of the young weapons on offense, like, like Keyshawn Martin, for instance, who they acquired from Houston, We'll get more familiar with Brady, and and I mean, look, Tom Brady is going to make a lot of underachieving guys or, or, or like underrated guys 
play better. And, um, I mean, I think they're going to be really good. We can all see it. big question is, can they stay healthy enough, and can Tom Brady at age 38 keep up what has been a real kind of storybook season, just a weird season coming off spending half your time in the off season, either in court or sort of consumed with trying to clear your clear your name? Peter, Jets-Dolphins this Sunday in London, and we feel like every time we get to a London game on the schedule, questions come up whether regular season games should be played in London. What's your opinion about regular season games played across seas? Oh, I, I don't have a very strong feeling one way or the other. I, I do think it's probably a mistake to put a team there full-time. It'd just be a team sitting on an island 3,000 miles away from the nearest other team. Uh, it'd cost the NFL a lot of money to do it, and I'm not sure if the salary cap, for instance, and we'll use a round number, is $150 million, uh, I'm not sure it's fair to have a team in London where it's going to be a hard sell for guys to go there anyway. Some adventurous guys would love doing it, but most guys are going to say, I'll stay in the USA. Um, you're going to have to pay players really kind of a, quote, London premium, uh, end quote, you know, to encourage them to go over and play for that team. So I think I think the NFL is better off just taking – five or six games every year and playing them, not just in London, but throughout Europe. I mean, they've played 14, this, including this year, where all three games are sold out. By the end of this year, they will have played 14 NFL games, regular season games at Wembley Stadium, and 13 of them would be sellouts. And so there's obviously a market for it over there. Uh, maybe not just in London, but in Munich, in Dublin, and some other places. But I, I think what the NFL has to do is realize that, okay, there's a market for it, but what good will it do? Will it be teams in the NFL, let's say, uh, the, the 32 teams in the NFL, will it really help the league as a whole to be situated on the continent? I, and I don't, I don't think there are owners that are convinced that it really is going to help the league as a whole. Peter, heading into week four, What's been the biggest surprise of the NFL season so far to you? I'd probably be most surprised that the Eagles look really shaky on offense. I never saw that coming. I'd be surprised that the Ravens uh, have not been able to be consistently competent on offense. And I'd be a little surprised, although not tremendously so, uh, that the Arizona Cardinals look like the 27 Yankees. I mean, they're just they're they can't be stopped right now so and again they haven't played great competition no question about it but uh those are probably the three biggest surprises to me peter finally before we let you go you wrote about the passing of the great yogi barrett what did yogi mean to you i uh, you know i didn't really know him i mean i lived in the same town as him for 19 years but i and i you know would talk to him very occasionally but I, I don't consider that I knew him. I think the one thing that everybody who came in contact with him was impressed with, he's just a guy. I mean, he just, for somebody who accomplished everything that he accomplished in the world, he was approachable, and it was not one of those things where if you walked up to him, you felt in any way awkward or like you were disturbing him. He'd just stand there for 15 minutes and just talk about whatever. 
Uh, I think that's the thing that is most impressive. And I mean, his funeral this week, but, uh, you know, the people who talked about him got it absolutely right that, you know, there are people who are stars and who know it. Yogi was a star. And I'm sure he knew it deep down inside, but he never spent one moment of his life acting like one. And I think there's a lesson in that for everybody. Peter, thank you so much for a couple minutes of your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Peter. Hey, no problem, guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the Asman and Budic podcast. Make sure you go on to iTunes and subscribe to the show.